0: You're listening to the Modern Web Podcast. For more podcasts, videos, and events, find us online at modern-web.org, or follow us on Twitter at modern.web. That's M-O-D-E-R-N-D-O-T-W-E-B. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Modern Web Podcast. I am your host, Rob Osell. I'm an architect at this.labs. Today, we're very excited to sit down and talk with Andrea Griffiths. She's a senior product manager at GitHub. Andrea, how are you doing today? Hey, Rob,
1: I am doing well. Thank you so much for having me. And apologies for the. Ugh. And we were talking a bit ago, uh, everyone's getting over the cold. So I'm going to try. It and is really NCAA. true. <laughs> yeah.
0: Whenever this episode goes out, I'm sure we're all still dealing with it. I feel like this has been a perpetual cold yeah. uh, that we are dealing with. So, you know, if you're out there and you're feeling sick, listen to this while you're sick right now. Solidarity, we're with you and feel better soon. (laughs) (laughs) Well, listen, today we are so excited to talk to you. And I thought just to get us started, do you mind uh, just kind of introducing yourself, kind of where you work and what your role is?
1: Yes, thank you. So I am a senior product manager at GitHub. Um, I'm in the developer relations team now, which is part of a larger organization called Developer Outreach. And within that organization is Basically, I would say anything and everything that can make developers happy, (laughs) Uh, you know, including open source support, including um, getting maintainer space, sponsors, discussions, everything that you think that you're using when you use the platform that's more of a um, community forward feature like readme's, all those things fall under developer outreach. Uh, For my team in particular, we are focused on developer education and helping folks use our platform to the best of its ability, right? Like making sure it's your superpower. I'm particularly focused on global expansion um, for the company. I look at it, it's not really business development, global expansion. My boss doesn't listen to this, like you're fired. But for me, global expansion is more the community outreach and the things that we can do to make sure that developers everywhere in the world have access to GitHub so they can build the awesome things that they're building, you know, faster, better, more securely. So I work with international communities this past year. I've been focused on Latin America. Um, super exciting and privileged because I am Latin American. (laughs) I am from Colombia, So it's been a really nice sort of circle back, come home kind of thing, and be able to come and work with developers and developer communities. It's been really fun. So I would say senior product manager at GitHub, focused on global expansion and developer outreach.
0: Awesome. Well, We are going to talk more about that, of course, but you know, I thought to start out with one of the things that I love about tech, and we love to highlight on this podcast, are just all the myriad, fascinating, and interesting ways that you can land in a tech job. Right? Because I've been in the industry long enough that when I first started, you, you basically had to be a CS grad at out of college to get any type of position, and while that still persists to a large degree in, in many spots of tech, it really has been this situation that we've seen this huge surge in second career devs and devs of all ages and of all educational backgrounds. So I just thought, would you mind sharing a little bit about your story, about how you came into tech and, and got to GitHub?
1: Oh, I love that. Thank you, yes. And thank you for, as someone who's been in the industry for a long time, like you just say, I appreciate that you acknowledge that. Yeah, it's changed a lot, right? Like, I think it was unheard of, uh, like, what, 20 years, even less than that for someone with a non-traditional engineering background to be, even though, like, some of the biggest innovations came from, like, college dropouts and, you know, like, some of the yeah, greatest exactly. industries. Always the still, irony. Like, yeah. Right. Uh, but there's still this standard set that there is a certain form of education and there is, this, you know, like, that equals your ability and how impactful you can be. And I think we changed, we evolved in a lot of ways. For me, I'm, I'm like, I wouldn't, I don't know if it's like second career or third career. Maybe I'm like a third career. <laughs> it just depends like, on how you
0: number it. Yeah.
1: Seriously. I've, I've lived many lives. No, but I've, I've had a really interesting trajectory and my path is definitely non-traditional by any means. Um, I have, I would say, two different careers before I started finding the career that it really was meant for me. I think um, a lot of us get caught up in that Top process of, well, I don't have a CS degree or um, it's too late for me to start learning something. There's people that, you know, I see kids coding live on Twitch, like what am yeah. I supposed to do? How am I gonna learn and catch up? But I think I, I did that merry-go-round for a very long time, um, just really doubting myself and putting in a lot of limiting beliefs that were just absolutely absurd. Um, I think the moment you're ready to contribute you already bring value because your perspective, your vision is unique to you. That's that's in any career. For me particularly, I always was the person that fixed everything. Like, you know, you have the, a person at home that's like, go talk to them because your computer, your tablet, mm-hmm. your phone. I've always been that person in my household and my family, for my friends and for other businesses that I was in. I was in construction management. I was in the army. Um, I own... Uh, some health clubs at one point, it was like a partnership. And the common denominator in all of those jobs was always, I'm always trying to find a way to make things efficient, to automate things, to like make it easier for people to work. And then also, nurse snipe anything and everything. Because <laughs> I'm like, if I can make it better by using a geek tool, like, how cool is that? So I always done that. I just never had an opportunity to say, Well, yeah, I'm an IT person or I am. I'm gonna develop that. I'm gonna make the solution. It's always been more like consumption um, until I found open source. I think uh, that's when I saw like a big kind of light, like this is your opportunity to learn and get real life experience and all that. I honestly wouldn't be here if it wasn't for open source, the open source community, because um, it opened the door for me to start actually really kind of giving power and value to the things that I knew. Like it solidified the fact that I'm like, well, if this project trusts me to do this, then, I guess I can do it. Um, so that sort of took my curiosity from like, yeah, maybe I'll just try and build some things on my own space to thinking maybe, wow, maybe if I really buckle down and I can actually do this. So um, I was working as a construction manager at the time. That was my last role until I was able to make the transition into I am in tech. What that meant at the time, um, I mean, it was it was everything. I think everyone that's starting out, you're like. Well, are you gonna be a back end developer? You're gonna be a front end developer. are you gonna be, um, be focused on machine learning? What are you what is your gig? Are you a data scientist? What are you gonna do? I had absolutely no idea. I just knew that I love being able to create and being able to make things easier and better. Um, and I mean now I'm in product. <laughs> so I started in a completely different space and now I land in product. I think I this is home for me now, but. Uh, it was definitely an evolution of finding out exactly what I wanted to do and then working hard to get there, right? I was fortunate to have an opportunity to be an apprentice, So I encourage everyone who's listening or watching. If you do have a chance to uh, go be an apprentice, go be an intern, gain that experience, because that is absolutely invaluable. I think it just solidifies what you already know. You already know that you can do the job, but having that in your resume as your experience, it brings a lot of weight when other employees are starting to look at your things, right? So. That made the transition. Then I was able to go full-time into tech after that experience because then I had worked for a major open source project. I have done community management. I have done some development. I have dealt with bug bounties and fixed things. So then it was like, okay, yeah, I can, I had more confidence to apply to other things, but the transition wasn't easy. And if it wasn't for that apprenticeship opportunity, I would have never been able to like find my space. Cause it needs to be paid also hey shout out to everyone out there who's got an internship oh, yeah. or apprenticeship and you pay your people because there's no way like if it' not been paid mind you I wasn't paid like this wasn't like they didn't fly me out to San Francisco <laughs> it was more like I flew myself and I had to put myself up you know like it was a different dynamic then but um if it not been for that door opening and the sacrifices that as a family we made to make sure that we were able to do that um I mean, We'll be in a completely different place now i have have a completely different career and trajectory so take the apprenticeship even if it's not the thing that you think you want to do as an norland nobody's gonna yeah. hire to be the apprentice the ceo apprentice <laughs> you need to start somewhere so take that opportunity so yeah it was like a super just from the army to construction management to doing some digital support to finally hit that crossroad where It's like okay well if you want to do this and mind you i was already an adult with a mortgage and children so it needed to be a very well thought out <laughs> decision. Um, And I'm just so grateful that I had not only the opportunity to do it, but the support of my family to be able to say, okay, yeah, we're going to pack the house and the dog and the kid and move across the country so you can go for this dream. Um, So yeah, that was like a super winded explanation on how I got here. Um, but I'd say definitely it was in me all along. It just took me a long time. I wish somebody had told me, like 10 years before, 15 years before, hey, you can do this already. You don't have to wait until like some magical affirmation comes your way. And then you feel like, yeah, yeah, I can get into tech now. There's there's room here for all of us. Just gotta get started.
0: Yeah, I love how, you know, in your story, you shared some of the things that I think are making this uh, tech industry, you know, capable of supporting people who are doing tech as a second career. You know, you, you talked about paid internships. I mean, in a world where there were you know internships that were unpaid Mm -hmm. and then you wonder why only people from affluent backgrounds you know that look a certain way are in tech how are you going to get 30 or 40 something into tech to take an unpaid internship that doesn't work like that's how you restrict the amount of people that are in tech um and i i love this idea of open source, because well, we've always advocated for open source contributions, a great way to get experience shipping real products. What I, what I thought about while you were talking is that it's also a place where, hey, listen, they just need help, competent help. They're not checking your CV. They're not seeing if you got your CS degree. It's a great place for people that are getting into the industry who maybe don't have the traditional background to get real experience uh, in a way where people aren't going to gatekeep them because I mean, I don't know if people know this, the open source community always needs volunteers. There are just not enough people maintaining open source.
1: Yeah, it's such a good opportunity for anyone, honestly. And I think I've had this conversation just recently with someone that's looking to change into technical product management. And, well, is there really any product managed type contributions I can give to the open source? Yes. Yes, there is. Ask any maintainer. (laughs) They will gladly help. That's almost what they need most. (laughs) Exactly. So... There is just and and you know the level of experience too. I think um, we get caught up in like it's terrifying when you raise your first PR to a project that you like respect and value, and the people who are gonna review it are people that you're like your heroes, right? Like, well, I can't look dumb. <laughs> it's going to just be terrible, um, and it's it's tough. But I've been very fortunate. I think it's been my experience more than not that, that because yes, maintainers are tired. And it is up to community people to usher each other out and help each other, mentor each other into being able to bring like great contributions. But almost every time you raise your hand and you say, How can I help? I guarantee you you're gonna get an answer. <laughs> like there's going to be something that you can do. And what a great way to not only gain your experience, but also give back to something that we all so, so dearly depend on, you know. You stop and think about we couldn't be recording this right now if it wasn't for open source as well
0: oh touches absolutely every
1: single aspect <clears throat> of our lives and your neighbor's lives whether they know it or not right like whether they're that's they're aware um as recently yeah, so I mean, that, let that study you see that thing that curl runs in like i can't remember the percentage but basically i mean you got a fridge it's probably running curl right now it's wild it's
0: wild I mean it has trade-offs, but I, I was a C sharp developer um, you know, many years ago and I'm sure the, the the community has gotten a lot better since then. But at the time, almost all the libraries you would pull in were paid closed source libraries that you know that you mm-hmm. would pay a pretty hefty license fee if you were lucky enough to even have at all. And, you know, that just helps that, that stifles innovation. You have a bunch of people reinventing the same things over and over again and no mechanisms, no substrates to share. Um, I would say that the growth in the web ecosystem and the JavaScript ecosystem has shot off in no small part because we get to share these advantages through NPM and the things that we learn with each other. And yeah, it poses challenges, but uh, yeah, it would be a sad world if uh, if the open source community proved to not be sustainable and and went away. It's not a future that any of us want for ourselves. No. Um, and I don't think that many of us and uh, many of our companies are acting as if that were the case
1: <laughs> yeah we need more urgency that's for sure um Rob I put you in my favorite categories people that have been developing for a very long time and are not pissed off that now there is so many good options for entry for people and not okay with open source because it's just you know like yeah we all had it rough uh, yeah okay but now like, <laughs> but you love the fact that like my seven year old can like play on scratch for free and learn to like this is amazing like why why gatekeep? Why? Because you had to literally pay a bazillion dollars on licenses, and I'm sorry. Yeah, I know that that's, times are different. Even education level, like the the access to education is not the same that it was like 10, 15 years ago. Like, it's definitely well, I'm not. I'm so jealous
0: of my son, um, the world he like, may grow up in. Can you imagine? I know,
1: the possibilities and the access, and like, I know, I remember when I first started trying to learn things, and mind you, this is like, I think Free co Camp had just been, launch or mm-hmm. and I I'm, I'm actually going to talk to Quincy Larsen um, Friday's Friday and I'm like super stoked because it's like what <laughs> like you you change you change the game right but I remember a lot of the things that that I could add access to they were all paid and they were cheap <laughs> they were like you know it's like yeah sure you can come or or also there was the advent of the boot camp like maybe fast forward like a, I don't know three four years after and that big explosion and that brought other challenges too because there was a lot of predatory behaviors and and mm-hmm. that side of education, but you don't need any of that. Just stick to open source, (laughs) go in in and learn from them. And and then it's real, real world. It's gonna be, I think you come out more able than you would um, from any mock project that you had to create because you you, you learn to talk to people, to collaborate, to work as a team, folks that might be thousands and thousands of miles away from you who might not even speak your language. Um, it's amazing, it's a wonderful ecosystem to be a part
0: of. Awesome. All right, well, we are gonna take just a brief break here for a second for a word from our sponsor, This.Labs. This.Labs is a development consultancy that specializes in application development and upgrading legacy systems. They've been trusted by companies like PlayStation, Capital One, Herman Miller, PayPal, and T-Mobile. Facing challenges with legacy systems and need to modernize, this. Labs has experience in enterprise migrations and upgrades, providing a detailed roadmap for modernizing your software solutions. Their engineering leaders are industry veterans with a deep understanding of modern technologies and best practices. Learn more about how this.labs can help you achieve your tech goals at this.co. That's T-H-I-S-D-O-T dot C-O. Thank you, this. Thought. Now let's get back to our show. Andrea, I you are a product manager and you know I think that there are some people that may understand what this role is intimately and there are others who might say, man, there are a lot of titles in tech. I've heard of engineering managers. I've heard of project managers, product managers, business analysts, and everything in between. So can you give us a sense of kind of what, what falls into your role at GitHub? Like some of the things that, that you're doing on a day-to-day basis so that people can kind of understand what a product manager actually is.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I think it really varies. Um, I've had conversations with program managers. Uh, by title, right? But I think to me, they're already doing product work. Like it's, it's, so it's, there is definitely a bazillion titles and it does get a bit confusing. Um, at GitHub, the way that product management works, there is obviously the overarching strategy and planning. Um, like uh, we have a CPO, who's been a fantastic addition to GitHub. Um, the part of product that I am working with on a daily basis is more focused on, I guess, execution of a certain strategy. So we looked at our, my app, we look at what our platform does for developers. And my job is to see how I can bring that to communities outside the US. So more to focus on the actual, I guess the, the product itself will be the world expansion and bring in that execution of trying to increase product adoption, increase the user experience, um, keep open those pipes of uh, pipelines of feedback Making sure that we are listening to developers and that developers continue to get what they need from our platform. So, for me in particular, my focus is on those uh, global expansion points where we can actually make sure that we're being inclusive about the way that we are as a platform working. The additions, well, the way that we look at our platform, like from a point of view of localization, accessibility, all those things kind of play a role. Specific to product and GitHub, um, like for example, one of our features, let's say, about uh, advanced security, GitHub advanced security. It's one product with many, many, many offerings under it. And that product has, uh, I, don't know, gosh, I don't dare say how many, but multiple PMs. And so each of them will be in part in charge of you know, a strategic portion of that big vision of what the GitHub advanced security product itself is. Um, so, that's a little bit different how it when it's, you know, a deliverable, like we're taking it from this release to that release, or we incorporate a new feature. Uh, for me, it's more of a strategic planning of the way that we reach developers at a global scale and the tools that we can use, whether it be tools that exist in the platform or tools that we need to include in the platform to make sure that we're actually able to do that. So. I'm in a sort of a unique type of product management. Um, not very traditional, but I think there is a lot of that now um, across a lot of companies, especially since the pandemic. I don't know if you noticed, product management is a profession. I feel like it kind of over-exploded. Um, mm. because, yeah, there was a ton of talent and a lot of distributed teams that now had to be distributed, right? Um, and then whereas they could come to the office and have their big who are looking at their beautiful glass <laughs> roadmap, uh, then they needed actually... Uh, different, not silos, but different streams of work and different ways to achieving, getting to whatever it is that we're trying to get to. And the product manager's role is, I think, highly to be influential and to making sure that we're meeting those goals, not sacrificing using experience, sticking to our execution development plans and making sure that we're reaching whatever metrics are important to your your business. setting up those KPIs, all those fun things. So it's done differently in in GitHub, I guess it depends on specifically what what your product is. Uh, For me, I'm super fortunate. My product is to be fun fun ways to find to better serve developers. (laughs) So I think I have the best product of all, which is like making those things happen.
0: So like you said, your product is a little bit different, so it may not be you, but is it, is it typical for product managers, at least at GitHub, to have developers that are working directly with them, or do you work directly with engineering managers, or is it a little bit of a mix? Like, can you kind of explain like where product managers fit in the you know the corporate tree or the you know the?
1: Yeah. So I th- I think yeah definitely. I mean, uh, engineering teams they will have a product manager, um, and that is that is the person that is. Um, you know, there's a lot of memes about product managers. <laughs> And I I hate a lot 80% of them because it just it makes us sound <laughs> like we're just glorified like wranglers and like making people um, just, you know, push and, and uh, out of all the qualities you need to have as a product manager, empathy is a big one. So if, if that's mm-hmm. something that you want to go in, make sure that that you do have a little bit of that because you're going to be working with folks who are already taxed. You know, a lot of times these teams are already over, things are over prioritized and everything is rank important. And so I think a product manager is sort of that bridge in between those teams, the stakeholders, the actual user. Um, We're there to facilitate a lot of of how things get done and hopefully make it not so awful for everyone. So you're not a meme. Um, But engineer managers at GitHub, yes, they do have a product manager. That person does help keep track of the vision and make sure that we're sticking. I think um, engineers fun bunch because we get attached to things. And sometimes, especially if you've been doing and working on something for a very long time, like it's, stuff stuff when things get deprioritized stuff when you need to completely shift left the vision that you thought you were working on uh, or scrap hours and days or weeks or even months of your work personally um so i think the product manager's role definitely comes in handy there <laughs> that is part of your job sometimes keep bad news um but in GitHub we do have product like there is a specific product team but the products the product managers work cross-organizationally um Everywhere in the company, so there are product managers that are working with our social impact folks, um, who are prioritizing, you know, how we can use all this technology for good. How can we support different NGOs? And you know, literally going back to that super cheesy "make the world a better place" like to that. <laughs> but they also need a product manager to make sure that we are, you know, uh, straight into the business roadmap values and actually whatever else that we're working on aligns with what the company goals are. Um, and then across the product itself, you know, different features, have a, they have their own product manager. Sometimes they have multiple product managers. Um, personally, I do work with engineering. Uh, when we do have, you know, our paths cross. It's even for global expansion things, a few years ago, we were able to, as a collaboration with engineering and specific discussions team, able to add machine learning translation to discussions. So if you have a repo that you have discussions yeah. enabled at GitHub. Um, and you have contributors from all over the world, now you have a function there that can translate comments for you immediately so that you're able to have this just clear communications. Um, So that was kind of like a nice intersection of engineering product and global expansion because it was something that we did to facilitate conversations in other parts of the world to help maintainers from those other parts of the world attract more contributors. It, It is an intricate part of the product, so it required engineering and it required product. Um, also security folks had to get involved because, you know, everything is to make sure that we're doing the right thing by our developers. Um, so we are embedded everywhere, I think. Personally, I have worked with developers. We recently launched, uh, it's been now, four, no, it's been longer than that, six months, uh, githubbrazil.com, which is a separate site. It's outside of not monolith it's outside of .com itself, but it's a website that's dedicated to showcasing the open source community contributions projects from Brazil. So for that particular project, I had engineers and developers and designers and folks that were, you know, we're all working together um, to chip this website that's a part of GitHub. It's a part of the GitHub community uh, with the focus on supporting open source, right? So for that specifically, like technically a lot of the things, because it was, you know, there's a lot of things that are simpler, more sim- simpler than ours. GitHub Pages is an amazing tool, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. So we did some of the coding we did it ourselves, some other we, we some other things we had to lean into. Um, different cross-org uh, teams like to get measure our certificates measure security is high like make sure that we're not doing anything that's uh outside of of our what we can legally show or you know how we can better support open source so projects like that that require i guess a, a more deeper technical understanding and like taking a process from like this is the idea like scheme it out um literally like sketching out what the site's gonna look like that that's a that was a big collaboration between like us and engineering and design also make sure like brand design is a big part of everything that we do so yeah i think we're embedded everywhere in the organization it just really depends on specifically what you're working on now okay. for universe i think every product manager at github is i mean like this is our super bowl time i like to call it, <laughs> uh, it, it it's github universe is our big conference it's coming up next month i don't know when the podcast will air if you haven't you should come because it's gonna be awesome um, and that's when we announced like some of our biggest ships of the year. So right now it's obviously a race to make sure that we can actually announce our biggest ships of the year and product managers are very much front line and center and making sure that that happens, that we're sticking to timelines and we're actually, you know, making sure our user experience is not sacrificed and that we put out some amazing things come November 89th, 89th in San Francisco. So yeah, right. we' we're, we're, I think it's, a, it's a, it definitely an intricate part of, our organization, the way that GitHub, does GitHub. Um, I'm sure other companies have a bit different roles for product managers, but for us, it's a yeah. bit kind of segmented. Depends on what part of the product you're working on.
0: That can sometimes be the tough part about the tech industry is that we just titles. It's not that they don't mean anything; they absolutely mean things, but like they mm-hmm. they can mean different things depending on the structure of different companies uh, and and what kind of how they how they have their processes set up. But you know, absolutely, uh, obviously, a lot of uh, engineers uh, may find themselves in a similar situation as you in that they are the types of people that like to fill in gaps, they love to make things more efficient, and these are the types of people that tend to get promoted to being managers, either project managers or engineering managers or product managers. And so I just thought maybe briefly you could help people understand what should they uh, be noticing about themselves that might indicate they might enjoy getting on a product manager track and what does that path look like do they have to go through being an engineering manager or project manager first before becoming a product manager can you just jump right to product management can you help people understand if they're interested like how they would make that leap at all
1: oh wow that's i love that i love that i think and obviously i'm I'm gonna speak from my personal experience and again there's different flavors of product management um but i i, I see myself as the glue so if you're the glue in your team right now if you're that engineer that people are just sort of gravitating to because we are maybe needing to evaluate our position on x y or z that maybe we're trying to incorporate a new piece of tech into we're trying to change rob's mind that's been developed the same way for like i don't know how many years you're in developer rob so you need um you're like that person that people bounce ideas off that can offer some top leadership having had the experience of having been an engineer or having been an engineer manager oh my gosh absolutely invaluable Course, because you're feeling their pain points, right? You're understanding mm-hmm. where they're coming from. Uh, and it helps you communicate so much better. Uh, but I don't think it's necessarily like a steadfast requirement. Like you can only do this if you've had that. One thing that I do recommend, and is it doesn't matter what your product is like, you need to use that. <laughs> you can be a product manager if you're you know you're not familiar with the tech. Uh not saying, you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna. Go back and rewrite GitHub, GitHub, and I don't have the skills to do that. But I do need to have an understanding of you know what what it is that we're trying to accomplish and how my own personal experience using the platform is valuable too. So being able to bring that, so I wouldn't say it's like necessarily like yes, steadfast has requirement. But if you are the glue in your team, or you aspire to be the glue in your team, you know if you. You think that there are many better ways that you can communicate your users needs i see a lot of people that land in product that come yes from engineering from having been developers for years want to try something new uh maybe you don't want to be a people manager this is like an alternative path a different track in which you can be promoted and have you know more career like a path trajectory without having to go into people management which Managing humans is hard. It's not for everyone. And if you feel mm-hmm. like this is not within your skill set, there is nothing wrong with you. Stick to what you know. Stick to what you know. There are too many terrible managers out there. Um, it's different, different set of skills. Um, so I think it really, it really depends. If you're if you're at a point where you're you find yourself being the voice of your users, you're a product manager. You're bringing that user feedback to your company. Um, if you're the voice of your engineering team, you're the person that is likely out bounce bounces, ideas, yeah, maybe let re-look at that roadmap, maybe like, let's see how we can improve this process or that process. Um, you find yourself applying all that methodology that's not necessarily like, well, your job is this one feature, but you're seeing how things connect outside of your particular thing that you're working on. Like, You're, you're already a product manager. Uh, so if you're a person that likes to communicate, I think that that's, that's a good fit. You need to have a lot of empathy understand the engineer what is the empathy for the engineering prof- prof- profession i saw that on a job posting for a product management role years ago and i'm like that's actually a really good bullet yeah. point empathy for the engineering profession um having that understanding of business development helps uh being able to take a look at what it is that matters not just to you your team but also your boss's boss and yeah. their boss yeah. And then if you work for a company that's publicly traded you're poor and your shareholders, et cetera, et cetera. So if you find yourself thinking more about how that overarching strategy works, how you can improve processes within your team, you're not sort of that thought leader, you're the person that communicates. Um, I see a lot of people coming to product from support, um, because oh, yeah. you do have that empathy level built in, you do feel that, that experience or heard the experiences of people using your, your products. Uh, so if you're already that product manager when you're taking that user feedback and then trying to figure out how you can incorporate into whatever engineering is trying to deliver to make people's lives better. You're already a product manager. So it, it, it just really depends on what matters to you. I think if you find yourself being that glue, it is a good fit for you, and you have the empathy, uh, and you enjoy the tech. A lot of people that go into I've, I've seen so many exits. Like, and this is why I love this, and this is why I love that, and. A lot of times it goes back to I'm not coding enough or I'm not, Mm -hmm. you know, like I feel like my skills might sort of diminish over time because I'm not focused on like shipping features. And so if that's super important to you and, you know, there is there are branches of product management where you do have a big emphasis on the tech and, you know, in a team, in a startup, you might be (laughs) you might be the head engineer (laughs) of one thing and also the product manager of the same thing. So um, sort of, you know, it varies, but. If you find yourself being that person and you enjoy it, right? like it's something that, yes, I like to be that person that connected those thoughts or introduced this team to that team. And now look at this great cross-organizational effort we have, we're gonna be able to shift this so much faster. We're gonna be able to make our engineers so much happier about the way that this mission is being executed because we listen to them and their expertise and what they suggested. Um, if you're that person, then it's a good career. It's a good career for you, I think. Uh, I think I have always been sort of like that glue, and so it was, it was a good fit. And because part of my product has to do with optimizing the lives of, or optimizing how developers use our platform outside the US, um, as an immigrant person, that was super important to me. So, you know, if you can find like a little bit of the, what's important to you and, and you do enjoy, um, you know, we're, we're more than memes, <laughs> we're real yeah. people and you do enjoy <laughs> that, then yeah, then that, that's a good career path for you. Uh, but I wouldn't think it's hundred percent like, yes, you need to have been an engineer manager. Um, some of the, I have actually seen some incredible operators that come from product management too, that go on to be like, you know, like CEOs or actually found mm-hmm. their own companies. Cause it does have such a broad scope of you, like you touch everything. You touch every part of your product, um, whether you like it or not, like, it's, you gotta have everything in mind, including marketing, sales, go to market stuff, like that's all part. Yes.
0: Well, you need experience and mm-hmm. and and a lot of engineers, you don't get a lot of opportunities to get that strategy experience, the KPI experience, the thinking in those terms. So yeah, I could I could totally see this being a stepping stool for people to to get kind of that first taste of that and then and then go, ooh, I actually like this a lot and want to take this mm-hmm. to the next to the next level. So that makes a ton of sense. Well, listen, to, to, to round us out here, you're gonna I, I have to beg forgiveness that I can only ask really one question about such a broad topic. But I, I you know, we've been talking around it all this this whole podcast, but I'd love to hear about this global expansion idea. Or at least I'd like people to hear about it because mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that was really eye-opening to me was the success of Vue.js as a front end framework, in no small part because the the documentation for Vue.js was also in Chinese and so Uh it was sort of backed by this tremendously large Chinese development community which largely had been underserved by just not having documentation in Chinese and so here was a framework that had it and it was it surged in popularity and and you know because of it so could you kind of explain a little bit about what global expansion means insofar as why are these other tech communities underserved or you know not as well deeply connected into the systems that we're building and how you're kind of thinking about reaching them and and breaking that down
1: yeah oh absolutely i think if 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 anything and this is like maybe perhaps the only positive byproduct of having gone through like an incredible crisis, like the pandemic was is the fact that we had to start thinking outside the box. A lot of industries that might not even consider themselves be in the tech industry, figure out how to be in the tech industry. Cause it was the only way to survive, right? Like that was it. That's what, that's what you have to do. And to survive in a way where you're looking at your entire market, being the globe, not just San Francisco. I think a lot of companies get very niche into being a San Francisco English serving. Company and yes, we are a country of absolute fantastic innovation. But there is also a great big world out there full of great innovators, and we need as a platform to be able to serve them the same way. So this advances with being accessible to communities, like including documentation. I love, I love you mentioned Vue, and there is a lot of products. Like if you look at some of the these new frameworks and things that are coming up in the past like three four years, you look at their documentation, the community behind them, and they're everywhere. And there, now it used to be like, maybe you get a translation into maybe Chinese, maybe Spanish if you had like that one dedicated team, maybe. Um, but now it's, you know, and of course now we have a lot more tools that allow us to do this in a more efficient way, not just a single person trying to translate thousands and thousands of lines. Go, but it's, it's the way, it is the way that communities are being built. And it's the way that software is being developed, thinking outside of, your immediate like what your market think like would you think is Amazon, san francisco based company so i'm gonna create for people in the us and this is my market no you're having to think outside those niches and having a global expansion mind means that you need to keep your users everywhere in the world in mind when you're thinking about what it is that you're going to incorporate in your product and there are so many different obviously there is it's, it's very different the way that you do business in the U.S. versus other countries. If you're listening to this from any country in the world, you know that obviously culturally there's going to be cultural norms that are different. Um, but there's also ways that people work. like it's, and, and we have to be able to be inclusive of what the preference of those developers are and give them the option to use the tool how they want to use it, um, following the convention and the development, techniques and their roadmaps and like how they like to do business. So as a platform, it's important for us that we're serving all developers. We have, I think there's over a hundred million developers around the world now. It's well over a hundred million now. And a big part of that is being able to reach those developers, whatever you are. You know, I think there was only one continent in the world that didn't have anyone using GitHub and it was Antarctica. Um, and we have a new report coming out this month. I'm curious to see if it's gonna be, Did we get one, we Reach get one out to research? those
0: research communities. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. Did
1: we get one developer in Antarctica? <laughs> but you know, that global expansion vision is all about that. It's about serving the communities and going, serve the developers where they are. You know, um, yes, we, you know, unfortunately a lot of the, the documentation and a lot of the way that we learn how to code it has is in English. And, but now there's also a new advent of education resources in their, you know, native language that's so making it even more accessible for developers all over the world to get in tech or to build the thing that they're wanting to build to fix their own problems. So having that global mind, I think we've always had a global mindset. We've always been, you know, trying to be a platform that's the platform for all developers. That was, that's that's been like core to GitHub. But with the pandemic, um, I think we're definitely put it on 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 turbo. Put it on, and we, we attached on rockets to that vision because um, come to find out that there is many, many community of, of developers that were being underserved that we were just not focused um, on providing the best possible experience for the platform. So my role, and we think it how global expansion goes beyond business development and beyond being, you know, like we want to be the platform that yes you are using for your company, but we want to be the platform that you're using for you. One of the platform that when you think of GitHub, you think of, I went to school, that's the platform that I use for all my projects. I left school. If I come from an untraditional background, that's where I went to learn how to code. That's where I found the first open source project I contributed to. That's, you know, so it's more about creating this platform that's really gonna serve developers at all stages, no matter where they are in the world. That's, I think that's the magic of GitHub. Like you can have a GitHub account anywhere. You're 13 and over, you can open your GitHub account you can start learning, collaborating. So that was a very important part of the GitHub vision, making sure that we were truly serving all developers. And so the idea to start being very intentional how we did that is why my role exists. Um, making sure that we're supporting communities beyond um, you know, the things that are maybe more abstract, because it's great. I love that now there is such a focus on documentation. I think that's definitely breached entry for people like it's made it possible for folks that otherwise would not. Focus Confident, you know, contributing to projects. But beyond that, you know, being very intentional, making sure that we're not only providing the technical capabilities of the platform to the best of the ability to be used by the developers. You know, we gotta consider like using something like Code Spaces. Now you can have the power of an incredible machine. Uh, if you're someone in, let's say, Colombia, and all I have is this tablet, and but I can I can use this Code Space on my tablet, and all of a sudden I have access to this incredible power that I didn't before. Um, I think all of those things that are going to make it more plain level feel and allow developers to have access and allow developers to have opportunity to build in our platform, that's all part of the global expansion vision, making sure that we're serving them beyond Yeah, our documentation as a multiple language. But then what am I doing for those local developers communities? How am I supporting their efforts on growing, educating each other? So we do a lot of community facing things where we sponsor conferences, uh, we're growing a Get Together program, which if you're listening and you're interested, hit me up because <laughs> I'm super excited to empower people that are already community organizing and just take a little bit of that load off and give them the support of GitHub as a brand and resources so that you don't know, you have to pay your meetup fees and StreamYard and all the things that you want to, you know that you need to create your community and grow your community. So being able to support those efforts is important and part of that global expansion vision as well. So. It's a, it, I think it's a giant thing and people, it might sound, it sounds very businessy, right? Like you're like, it's like world domination kind of thing. By the way, I envision it is more as how we can reach that one developer in Antarctica is holding out, that one does not sign up for that GitHub account and how can we make sure that they're using the platform to do exactly what they, what they need, right? So, um, as a company is, it's exciting that we're, we change our mentality. I think we evolved a lot in the past few years. Into that global mindset, even more post acquisition, for sure, and being able to actually be very deliberate and intentional, putting not only the opportunity, but the resources, right? Because things get expensive (laughs) when you start thinking about global mindset, right? Um, But it's so important that we show support to developers everywhere in the world, and we truly want to be a developer platform. So, yeah, so that was a very long
0: long answer.
1: But yeah, it's it's just a, it's a very multi pronged, um, I guess, strategy as a whole.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, it does sound fascinating, and you know, it doesn't really sound businessy to me because you know I know this uh, from different different capacities. But there is someone out there in the world who says, "I don't understand what all this coding stuff is about. It's my, it doesn't run on my computer. It's you know, I can't find any resources to learn." Nobody can talk to me. I have nobody to talk with. This isn't for me, and uh, and so the idea of finding that person, you know, who feels like it's so obvious that this community doesn't make sense to join and this career doesn't make sense to do, who might be the next person that makes the next open source library that all of us depend on, that drives the next thing of innovation. So to me, that sounds maybe the least businessy thing possible. You know, uh, so that does sound like a fun job that's worth uh, getting up for every day.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm very fortunate.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, that is going to be it for us today. Thank you so much for listening to this Modern Web Podcast. Thank you, of course, to our guest, Andrea. As we like to say, the conversation does not stop here. You can find Andrea on Twitter at Dev. That's A-L-A-C-O-L-O-M-B-I-A-D-E-V. You can find me online at RoboCell. As for the podcast, you can find us online at moderndotweb.com or on Twitter at modern.web. And of course, thank you again to our sponsor, This.Labs, who in closing would like to remind you that you can approach your most pressing tech challenges with confidence, leveraging This.Lab's tailored development strategies. Trusted by industry giants like Meta, Google, and T-Mobile, they specialize in bridging business and technology gaps, modernizing legacy systems, and ensuring sustainable application architecture. Discover how This.Lab's can empower your organization at this.co. Again, that's T-H-I-S-D-O-T dot C-O. Thanks again, Andrea, and thanks everybody else. See you next time.
1: Thank you, Rob. This
0: podcast is sponsored by This Dot Labs, a framework-agnostic consultancy that specializes in JavaScript. You can find them at this slash labs. That's t h i s d o t dot c o slash labs. We, we ourselves for you.